0: Honey, you're a big girl now. This is your room. But the monster. There is no monster. You sure? I'm positive. You look, please. She sighed, exasperated. Yes, I'll look. She got down and checked under the bed. Nothing under here. No, no, over there. She was pointing toward the drapes again, the ones that covered the sliding glass door. Sally hesitated. Even in the dim lighting, she could make out the playful pink images of birds, rabbits, and other nursery rhyme animals that danced across the balloon draperies. Hardly the stuff of a monster's cloak, but her heart still fluttered. The fear in her daughter's eyes seemed so genuine. "'Go check, Mommy, please.' She looked harder this time. Strange, but she found herself wondering if the rabbit was in the same place it had been a minute ago, or if it had moved." It seemed that it was no longer lined up with the little yellow duck on the other panel. She thought her eyes were playing tricks, until she saw it again. That rabbit moved. Ever so slightly, it had definitely moved. The air conditioner clicked off, and the knot in her belly loosened as the drapery settled back into place. The cool draft from the air conditioner had evidently caught the pleats, causing the subtle shift. No monsters. "'Will you, Mommy?' "'Will I what?' "'Look for the monster.' Okay, I'll check. She didn't move. Mommy, go! She suddenly felt foolish. She had actually considered switching on the lamp, then chided herself for even thinking about doing something that might convey her own irrational fear to her daughter. She started across the room one step at a time. It seemed to be taking forever. She was taking half steps, she realized, another sign of fear. This is crazy, she thought. Finally, she made it. She glanced back toward the bed and saw Catherine peering out from beneath the blanket. Sally's pulse quickened as she reached out and gently pinched the fabric's edge between her thumb and index finger, getting no closer to the sliding glass door than was absolutely necessary. Catherine ducked beneath the covers. Sally drew a deep breath. In a slow, tentative motion, she pulled back the panel. Nothing. "'See?' said Sally. "'I told you, no monsters.' Catherine was still hiding beneath the covers. In a muffled voice, she said, "'The other end. Check the other end, too.' Sally hesitated. She wasn't sure if it was instinct or paranoia that was telling her not to go there, but she couldn't let Catherine see her silly fears. She took a half-step, then another, moving closer to the drapery's edge, the far edge where that bunny had moved. "'Careful, Mommy.' "'There's nothing to worry about, sweetheart.' She didn't like the sound of her own voice. It was as if she were trying to convince herself. Her gaze drifted across the draperies, a happy portrait of dancing ducks and singing birds. Finally, her eyes locked on the bunny, and she waited. The bunny was motionless, and then it happened. Maybe it was an illusion, like swirling stars, but the bunny's chest seemed to swell and then shrink. It was as if it were breathing, as if something behind it had just taken a breath. Is it okay, Mommy? On impulse, she grabbed the cord and pulled. The drapes flew open, and she froze. She was staring at her own faint reflection in the sliding glass door. Behind her, in the bed, Catherine's head emerged from beneath the covers. Sally gave her own fears a moment to subside, then tried to play it cool. See? I told you there were no mon... The closet door burst open, and from the corner of her eye, Sally saw a blur in the darkness coming toward her, She heard her own scream, and then her daughter's cry, Mommy! The blur hit her full speed and broadside, smashing her against the wall. She turned and let her fist fly with all her might, but it was all too quick, and he was far too strong. A blow to her belly took her breath away. Her head snapped back as the attacker grabbed her by the hair. She clawed at its face with her nails, but it was covered with a nylon stocking. Her body twisted, her daughter screamed, and Sally's eyes widened as she saw the shiny blade glisten in the stream of light from the hallway. It was coming toward her, as if in slow motion, but she felt powerless to stop it. She twisted once more, a futile effort to escape. Her blouse came up, and she watched the blade disappear as the man's fist met her flesh. She screamed and fell to the floor, gasping for air, trying to stop the hot, wet river of pain that was flowing from the hole below her ribs. Mommy! Mommy! Catherine's cries gave her strength, and somehow she sprang into action and grabbed her attacker by the ankles. It was like tackling a mule— and his kick stopped her cold. She tried to rise again, but the room was swirling. Don't hurt my daughter, she said, but she could barely get the words out. He kicked her once more, harder this time. She felt her teeth crack, and the salty taste of blood filled her mouth. She struggled to lift her head, but it dropped to the floor. Mommy, the monster, the monster! Her daughter's screams faded, and Sally's world went black. Five years later... The rainstorm was blinding, and Sally was way behind schedule. She hadn't intended to be late. She just wasn't good with directions, and this wasn't exactly her neck of the woods. Sheets of water pelted the windshield. She adjusted the wipers, but they were already working at full speed. She couldn't remember rain like this in years, not since she and her first husband lost their restaurant to that no-name tropical storm. Orange taillights flashed ahead. A stream of cars was inching down the highway at the speed of cooling lava. She slowed to somewhere below the school zone limit, then checked her watch, 1125. He'd just have to wait. She'd get there, eventually. Their meeting had been arranged by telephone. They'd spoken only once, and his instructions were simple enough. Thursday, 11 p.m., don't be late. Just ahead, a neon sign blinked erratically. Sparky's, she read aloud. This was the place. She steered off the highway and pulled into the flooded parking lot. She killed the engine and checked her face in the rearview mirror. Lightning flashed, a close one. It frightened her, then triggered a bemused smile. How ironic would that have been, after all this planning, to get hit by lightning? She took a deep breath and exhaled. No turning back now. Just go for it. She jumped down from the car and started her mad dash across the parking lot in the pouring rain. A blast of wind snatched her umbrella from her hand. Wearing no coat, she covered her head with her hands and just kept running, splashing with each footfall. In a matter of seconds, she reached the door, soaked to her undergarments, her wet jeans and white blouse pasted to her body. A muscle-bound guy wearing a Gold's Gym t-shirt was standing at the entrance, and he opened the door for her. "'Wet t-shirt contest, not till tomorrow, lady.' "'You wish,' she said, then headed straight to the restroom to see if she could dry off. She looked in the mirror and gasped. Her nipples were staring back at her, right through her bra and wet blouse. She reached for a paper towel, but the dispenser was empty. Toilet paper would have to do. She went to the stall, found a loose roll atop the tank, and proceeded to dab furiously from head to foot. She went through the entire roll. She exited the stall, took another look at her reflection in the mirror, and gasped even louder this time. Her entire body was covered with shredded remnants of toilet paper. She started laughing, not sure why, Then, with her hands braced on the edge of the sink, she leaned forward and hung her head. She could feel her emotional energy drifting up to that ever-present knot of tension at the base of her skull. Her shoulders started to heave, and the laughter turned to tears. She fought it off and quickly regained her composure. "'You are a total wreck,' she said to her reflection. She brushed off as much of the toilet paper as she could and said to hell with it. She took a deep breath for courage and exited into the bar." A group of truckers was playing blackjack by the jukebox. Leather-clad bikers and their bleached blonde girlfriends had a monopoly on the pool table, as if waiting out the storm. T-shirts, jeans, and flannel shirts seemed to be the dress code for a seat at the bar. Her gaze fixed on the third booth from the back. A black guy with penetrating eyes and no smile was staring back at her. He was wearing a dark blue shirt with black pants, exactly how he described himself over the telephone. It was him. She walked toward the booth. I'm Sally. I know. how do you, she started to ask, then stopped. There wasn't a woman in the joint who looked like her. Have a seat, he said. She slid into the booth and sat across from him. Sorry I'm late, raining like crazy. He reached across the table and plucked a shred of toilet paper from her sleeve. Was it raining now, fake snow? That's toilet paper. He raised an eyebrow. "'Long story,' she said. "'It was all over me. Five minutes ago I looked like a milkweed. "'With breasts.' "'She folded her arms across her chest. "'Yes, well, some things can't be helped.' "'He swirled the ice cubes around in his half-empty glass. "'I watched you drive up,' he said. "'Nice car. "'If you like cars. I do. "'From the looks of things, you do too. "'Not really. My husband did. "'You mean your second husband or your first? She shifted uncomfortably. They hadn't discussed her marital status on the telephone. My second, the French one. What did you do, check up on me? I check on all my clients. I'm not your client yet. You will be. Rarely do the ones who look like you come.